This might take a few goes. Uh, welcome to Ouch, My 30s, uh, the podcast about the decade that no one prepared us for. Uh, so the past couple of episodes, I've been talking about my father. Uh, I forget what I mentioned last time because I don't really listen to them because they're often too infuriating and painful to listen to. But uh, essentially, my mother had let me know that six days before my father was going to be released from prison, he would be living uh, with us at the house that I had been quarantined at. And uh, yeah, because he was approved for parole and was released early because of COVID-19. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, so that's, that, was, that was the situation. Uh, initially, you know, after my shock set in, after the shock set in, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is a last minute thing due to, you know, mitigating circumstances that, you know, they had no control, he had nowhere to go. Uh, okay, no big deal. But after I thought about it for a while, I asked my mother, I was like, how long was this the plan? And she's like, oh, about a year, year and a half. You know, it completely, you know, not, you know, recognizing how fucked up that was. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I started talking to my mom being like, yeah, you know, I really don't feel great about this for a number of reasons. And chiefly the fact that neither of them involved me in the conversation. Uh, it's their lives, their house, or my mom's house, but we also have that type of family where it's just like, you know, you would potentially mention to your son that, uh, his estranged father, uh, ex-con father after 33 years, uh, would be living in the same household. So it'd be like, Hey, let's just pretend nothing happened for the past 33 years. We're a family now, uh, which is obviously psychotic and delusional, which is how my family often operates in a place of deep denial. Uh, so flash forward. Um, to my dad being released. So my mom goes and picks him up from fucking prison, uh, brings him back home. And this, and then it's just a, it's a series of lies that compound and compound and compound. And this is kind of where I, I reached my breaking point. I was like, so has he been tested for COVID-19? And I got a wishy-washy answer like, oh yeah, you know, they're doing social distancing. They test everyone before they leave prison, uh, which is a lie. Uh, I called the prison. They're like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, so that's like strike number one for this dubious encounter. My father arrives that afternoon and they're all smiles as if like I am excited to see this stranger ex-con father of mine uh, who is, again, not a complete stranger. We've had a relationship through the phone and like maybe two dozen face-to-face visits over the past 33 years. So it's not like, oh, I don't know this guy at all. But there's a lot of questions that needed to be addressed and conversations that needed to be had before I'm like, oh, dad, good to see you. I.e. my health and my mom's health. So when he pulls up, I'm wearing a mask. And I don't say like, hello, how are you? Good to see you, dad. I'm like, hey, uh, were you tested? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they did the preliminary bullshit. Lie number two coming from my dad. So already it's just this dubious fucking uh, cavalcade of mistruths coming out of both their mouths. So I'm starting to get a little hopped up. Um, so like, again, I don't like shake his hand. I don't hug him. I don't do anything. I go back inside the house still with my mask on and he comes in and he's like, so, uh, so Val, we, uh, we good. You, what's on your mind? I'm like, no, we're not good. I think this is a fucked up situation. I'm not happy about it. Uh, I think you're taking your, I think you have a very cavalier attitude towards this COVID thing. He's like, no, nah, look, man. All right, I don't even... So this is when it starts to get uh, jumbled because there's a lot of events that happen. Um, 
So yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. So I'm telling him, I'm like, look, I'm not happy about you being here for a lot of reasons. Like, you guys didn't really talk to me. Uh, I don't know if you're like, he's like, I'm in top shape health, man. I'm, I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling good. I'm like, that's not how it works. Like you can be asymptomatic and you can still transmit this disease. And that's when I lost him. And I forget that I'm talking to like a street nigga who ain't trying to hear the word asymptomatic. And the next day, or like the next couple days later, I hear him talking to like my half brother being like, yeah, man. And then he said asymptomatic. And then I heard my half brother on the phone on speaker because it was a bunch of loud niggas being like, Dad, he did not say asymptomatic. Oh, man. That's that white boy shit. So, again, the anger levels are rising here for the old Duval Culpepper. So that first day, as I basically laid him out and was just like, look, man, I don't give a fuck about anything except for my mom, my grandmother's house, and my little sister. He's like, no, your concern should be that your father's home. I was like, that is the last of my concerns, and I am not going to be staying here uh, while you're here. So I think he was like surprised and shocked by that. And this is when the timeline gets blurry, because I should have done this right when it happened, but I was just too furious. Uh, there's a few jokes in here. Hopefully you'll laugh. Uh, so I disappear for a couple of days. I go to my buddy's place where I had been living, um, because I, you know, we were in a quarantine. So I was trying to like quarantine at my mom's you know, wooded, forested property, because that's what we, the plan was. But good old uh, Deval's dad shows up, and law and order goes out the fucking window! Uh... So I went away for a couple of days to my buddy's place, just get my head on straight. And I went back because I knew I didn't really deal with it. I, I kind of just like laid my dad out and was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm done with this. I kind of avoided it. So I go back and uh, what happened? Uh, they go out. They go, they go out. And I don't know where. What the fuck happened? Okay, no. So I come home. And there's like a, a white Mercedes in the driveway. That's not my mom's or my dad's. And there's just a random dude talking. And he's like, hey, Duval, my dad talking to me. He's like, say hello to your cousin. And I was just like, hello, good to see you. And I'm ignoring both of them because I just don't get it that like I'm fucking furious. And I go for a walk and I come back and they're not home when I get back. And I call my mom. I'm like, where'd you guys go? She's like, to go get some food. I'm like. We have two months of food stocked up at the house because we were planning for a fucking pandemic. And uh, they come back. Now I'm sitting on the porch, A, because it's a nice day out, but B, because I'm kind of furious. I'm like, want to get to the bottom of this and try to impress upon my father that during a quarantine, you don't just get to go out for random food. So they come back and he's just like, yeah, you know, I was hungry. I was like, there's food here. He's like, you ain't nobody's grandfather, Duval. You ain't nobody's grandfather. And this is when the soup starts to stick to the spoon. You ain't no... Y'all, you talking... You treat your mom like a kid. You treat me like a kid. You better you better come correct, because I ain't the one. And I was like, oh, boy. So, like, basically, at this point, 33 years of him, like, pretending to be a polite man over the phone and in prison was a lie. His street thuggery came out, and uh, I was not happy about it. So, like, this conversation continues. And what what are the other fucking beats here? He's like, I want some crab legs, B. I want some crab legs. Uh, I want some crab legs, which is like the most fucking hood, ignorant shit. You know, middle of a goddamn pad- pandemic. I need some crab legs, B. So my dad just like coming at me, just like a street fool. And it's the first time, A, I've like had a conversation with my father outside of a prison. B, he's coming at me like I'm some fucking dude in the yard. And C, uh, 
he still isn't like wrapping his mind around this fucking pan- this pandemic thing about Corona. And he's like, look, God's got, yo, I'm blessed. All right. God's got the, God's got the vaccine, son. Like just yelling like a fucking fool. And my mom's just sitting there like a goddamn idiot, just like trying to like calm us down quietly. She's like, let's just lower our voices, right? <coughs> uh, you know, just realizing again, I think she's just paralyzed with the enormity of the situation she had uh, uh, begat upon me or whatever the fuck. So my dad and I are like face to face. He's 6'3", large man. I'm 5'7". Five, seven, five, seven. So on the one hand, I'm sure like, it's like his street energy and prison energy coming up against like the sarcastic, witty witticisms of his faggoty son. And, you know, I, we're just toe to toe. Like we're not physically fighting. Because if he did, he'd fucking probably go back to jail. And uh, what else did the psychopath say? I think I had some notes. Because, uh, yeah, it was a lot. Oh, so. Oh, God. I had to, like, use, like, 80s black eye slang to, like, get at him. Because I, you know, I was like, miss me with that street shit, Jack. You know, like, I, you know, I had nothing. Like, my dad is me times a thousand plus the streets. Uh, so he's like yelling at me and I look at my mom and first I say very quietly, thank you, mom. Cause it was like exactly what I thought it would be, you know, the situation. And then I said to her, Derek, not once ever raised his voice to me like this. And Derek was my ex stepfather that I grew up with from when I was like 10 to like 18, uh, or like eight to 18, 10 years, whatever. And Derek was a corrections officer, ironically enough, uh, and he was a real asshole, but to quote him, I'm fair. Uh, he had a logic and an order to his madness. He wasn't like, he was an angry man, you know. And, I, and you know, and black men, you know, we are angry people for a lot of reasons and perpetuate that throughout history because of situations like the one I'm describing. Uh, but Derek never made me feel unsafe. You know what I mean? This my dad knowing him for less than fucking seventy two hours. I was like, "Is this guy gonna kill me?" And me, and I don't know. My mom's like, "He would never." I'm like, "I don't know that niggas in jail for fucking homicide and armed robbery. Who fucking knows?" So I looked at my mom and I said, "Derek never once raised his voice to me, and it's what I've avoided my entire life: emotional drama with my family because it just feels so fucking cliche, and I hate it." And I started sobbing. I started uncontrollably crying. I haven't cried in fucking a decade. And I'm crying there telling her, it's just like, you know, this de- this stepdad Derek that I thought I hated. I never thought I hated him, but he was annoying, you know? He was like, what you need to do is go upstairs, wash your ass, and get a job. You know, <laughs> and looking back, it's funny. But when you're like 16, you're like, fuck you, man. Uh, but he, but at the at the end of the day, he was a good dude. My stepdad was a good dude. My father is just like a bull, you know, let out of a cage, yelling about how he wanted crab legs and shit. I'm like, this is my fucking, this is, this is my, the next 30 years of my life. And he's yelling about God and like, God brought us, I'm like, yo, I am not doing this for the next fucking 30 years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sobbing. I'm like body shaking, being like, get off me. Damn it. I fucking hate you, mom. And I've been struggling with that for a long time. So in the one sense, it was good to kind of just like tell her that like, because my, my mom has always been deceptive. She's never been honest with me about anything in, in my life. So I like figure things out at the last minute or I have to figure out what's happening. 
You know, I'm like, who's this guy? Is this my stepdad? What's going on here? Oh, I have a sister. Like, just crazy shit. And this was kind of like the culmination of like me being done with my mom's bullshit. And now it being multiplied by my father. So I sob uncontrollably. And he's, and then this, again, this fucking jackass, he's just like, Diane, don't, don't, t- don't get off him. Like, you, he's, you baby him. He's spoiled. That's the problem. I'm like, nigga, 72 hours I've known you. And you are acting like you know anything about me or my mom and I's relationship. Like, he really, I thought I was arrogant and entitled, but I guess I know where I get it from. <laughs> uh, yeah, so things cool off for a bit. And then, you know, they sit down to eat his fucking crab legs. <laughs> I really can't believe this. And I'm, I go back, I'm like, well, since we're all feeling so chatty, what is your plan, Dad? He's like, my plan? Huh, I want some crab legs, B. Huh. I was like, no, in life. And then he goes, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to start a juice bar with Red Bull and Ginkgo Biloba. Juice. And I'm going to drive Uber. And I was like, oh, great. Your plan is that of a 27-year-old millennial white girls. Oh, that's reassuring. So we sat down and, you know, he's like, you got hatred in your heart. I'm like, yes, I do. I have, this is fucking, yeah. Gee, I wonder where I get it from. And, you know, we're just talking two different languages. You know, he's talking about, you know, God's got the vaccine and he's the reason you brought us together. And I'm just looking at my mom being like, this is, this is probably why maybe we should have had a conversation before you decided to maybe. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right. So, you know, your mom and I are kicking it now. I was like, oh, okay. Very romantic. Uh... And yeah, we, I, I mean, yeah, we, we had words and it did not go well. And I think he was very shocked that like, you know, I'm sure he just sees me as his child, but like I'm 33 and I'm trying to impress upon him that like, I don't need a father, you know, I didn't, I've had, I've not had a father for 33 years. I don't suddenly need to see one, especially based on what I experienced of him, which was basically just like an unhinged maniac. Who I'm sure had, and I, look, and I get it. He's been in prison for his entire fucking adult life. I'm sure he has a lot of issues as well that, you know, he wants to work through. And I, you know, want to be there for him, but not at the expense of me or my, you know, or my mom or my actual family that I give a fuck about. So, uh, yeah, I stayed there for a few more nights and I was like, this is absurd. I'm not going to have a relationship with. Him or really my mom, because this is like my mom's final deception. And I, you know, she's just delusional. She doesn't see that it's a problem. And that's even more alarming. Uh, so it ended with me like telling my mom, like, look, make better decisions. I don't know what kind of relationship we're going to have after this. Uh, it will probably be a while before I care to like be like, hey, mom, I love you. But I gave her a hug because I'm also trying to be an adult. Ouch, my 30s and not just like live with resentment and anger. I just feel empty, you know? I feel kind of empty to it all. And I went up to my dad, who was upstairs laying on my mom's bed with a bathrobe on, watching like Judge Judy. And I said, look, I have strong reservations about this, obviously. And look, if I come back here and my mom's happy and healthy and you're doing the right thing, uh... Maybe we can move on from there. But for right now, it's just a handshake. So prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Dad. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And more importantly, I wanted to build my goddamn Batcave. But now I can't 
build my bat cave there with him walking around because I just don't feel happy with him in that very personal space, which was my grandmother's house, which is the place I essentially grew up. And my mom dropped me off for summers when she would go do whatever the fuck it is that she did. So, yeah, I, I took it. I don't know. I could have responded perhaps differently. But at the same time, I, my father has the same problem that I have, which is arrogance and entitlement. Uh, and like, yeah, he thought he had a soldier that was going to fall in line because daddy's home. And I was like, dude, I've been the daddy for a long time, you know, to myself. Not to my mom, because that'd be weird. Uh, yeah, so did my 30s, these, this, this is not good. Uh, <laughs> but it made me realize that I do have a bigger family than just him and his side of the family. And it made me feel more connected to them than perhaps I had. So if any of my half-brothers or uncles are listening to this, look, I love you guys, but y'all need to understand that my dad <laughs> is wildin'. Uh, and I hope he does the right thing. Because... Yeah, he was definitely loud. <laughs> Yelling about crab legs. All right, guys. Well, this has been Ouch My 30s. Uh, oh, and I guess it's going to end. So I'm going to go hit the road and drive somewhere, either Wisconsin or Denver. I haven't figured that out yet because I refuse to live uh, near my mom or dad. In New York, I'm just getting tired of this shit. All right, guys. This has been real. Be well. <laughs>